0: I'm a part-time rock star What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 251. Today we have on Justin Taylor from Southern Maryland. He's a singer-songwriter and musician who's been touring and releasing music for many years now. And uh, he's lived in Nashville for a bit and uh, worked with the likes of Sam Groh before. So uh, definitely been around the block, and it was fun to talk to him and uh, just hear a little bit about his life. I wanted to get him on the show because uh, we're playing a show uh, Saturday uh, in Frederick, Maryland at Cafe 611 with a bunch of other cool bands, so I wanted to get him on, kind of talk to him, get to know him a little bit. Uh, It was definitely a really fun, in-depth conversation, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, I should also mention that in light of this being a bit of a special release episode, uh, episode 250 is still airing next week officially. Just calling on this one uh, 251 for fun, and uh, we do have a very special guest on for you for that. So look out for it next week. But uh, yeah, in this episode, I feature Justin's song "Over You," which you can find wherever you stream music, and uh, hopefully you like it. I would say Justin's sound oscillates between country and rock, uh, kind of similar to myself, so we had a lot of common ground. To discuss and uh yeah definitely go follow justin on all the socials and uh think about coming out uh tomorrow uh saturday night at cafe 611 and uh yeah um we'll be playing with amanita slow and uh volumetric thing so uh thanks for listening and supporting local music uh last few things that i normally mention is that uh truly strings is sponsor of the show it's guitar shop in Laurel, maryland where i take all my gear Uh, Part-time Rockstar Productions is going. If you need a music video, definitely uh, hit me up on any of the socials. And uh, if you want to help the show out, definitely drop a review, a subscription, a follow, a reading, a comment, any of that dumb stuff. It uh, definitely helps us out. So, uh, yeah, without uh, any further rambling, uh, we will get to the conversation with Justin. (laughs) Uh, yeah nice to meet you welcome on the uh part time rockstar podcast thanks for having me bud Mm -hmm. and uh you're working today at uh, harford sound
1: yeah i actually i just took my little uh lunch hour here we're setting up uh we got like a big rehearsal going on this week in the warehouse so nice uh luckily we're in the middle part of the stuff pretty put together so i can kind of yeah, some other meetings and multitask while I'm... You know what I'm saying? I can of yeah. multitask.
0: i running yeah, around. No, I've done some short short stints at some sound companies here and there, so I kind of know the, the feel and the rundown for sure. Yeah, because you're at Maryland Sound, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, those are great people over there, man. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I figured we just kind of try and pump up. Pump the tires on the show this weekend yeah. a little bit and uh, talk about that for a second and then uh, get the rundown on your music and what you've been doing and just kind of call it a pod.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. We actually, it's uh, it's actually going to be really nice to actually be able to have a hang too because we just came off, um, February is actually the slowest month we have booked so far. January was <laughs> hell anxious. I think we did even just between yeah the jersey and maryland lines i think we did four thousand miles i think um yeah January. so we've been i think we only have like one a week for february and then obviously once march hits you know St. patty's day weekend we have off but yeah. the rest of it before and after is just it's a five-week month so it's gonna be hellacious um it's gonna be good to actually be up back in frederick and uh You'll get to watch you guys play and it's the one show where I actually get to like just kind of lay back and you know watch yeah. all the other bands before I go on which is always a lot of fun because I never I never have a chance to do that you know how it is like you're you know working every day and working on your brand and you're working on your music but you never get to just like sit back and really play with a whole lot of other bands if you're lucky you might have one band out with you um, you know opening for you so it's kind of um it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really genuinely looking forward to it and i haven't been out in frederick in probably three four months so it's gonna be gonna be a good time
0: nice <clears throat> yeah yeah i guess um i was trying to get a feel for what uh you guys do exactly um because i think you're probably similar to me in that you do the cover and original thing um yeah so right uh, which actually
1: gets kick-ass by the way i love the set you got right now i really dig it
0: oh thanks man yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was checking out your guys, uh, obvious, uh, video at Hartford sound, which is well done. And I know, um, you guys have probably worked with like bands like value and stuff like that too. Um, I know they I've seen them there. Um, so that's pretty cool that you're able to do that. And yeah. then, um, I guess I was also curious, it looked like you're playing like a lot of the loonies and stuff like that. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, Depending on uh, the locations, actually, because Bill just opened up a new lunacy as well. And uh, that in ethics, he bought the old Riverwatch joint. Okay. So um, I've got a couple of different agents um, that I kind of run with up and down the mid-Atlantic. And, uh, you know, I've worked with loonies uh, off and on over the years, ever since I came back from Nashville. Um, they've always been really good to me, and Bill's been a sweetheart. So mm-hmm. uh, I do about... I would say guaranteed at least two at each location every year. Um, loonies. I'm still in Bel Air. I'm still waiting on some dates, but, uh, may, we got uh Fulton, Maryland, Perry hall and the new one down in Essex so far on the book for this year. Nice. Um, but we do kind of the same thing that you guys are doing. You know, a lot of people, um, it's interesting. I see that it's actually, this is a really good place to start the conversation. Cause I was just talking to somebody's of mind about this yesterday. Uh, the, the scene is, I see it shifting a lot. Um, especially post COVID I've seen, I kind of saw it coming down the road, especially when I came back from Nashville, I, I saw that the cover market was kind of the, the cover market was extremely, uh, stable and they kind of have had a stranglehold for a long time, which is great. And there, there's a lot of great fans, but there's so much talent in this i mean everywhere from virginia beach north all the way up through maryland and delaware and all of the you know all of the bands up in new jersey and pennsylvania and um that are writing really well thought out really creative just honest music and their their writing and producing is incredible um kind of like anything else you got some you know some music that's kind of like okay but then. Yeah, you, know, you hear a band like Hollow Truths, or you hear a guy like Mark Bray, or you yeah. hear, you know, my buddy Yvonne at a Dover. Um, you know, some of the, you you hear some of it, and you're like, oh my god, like there's so much great original talent that there's two schools of thought. Like either you you go out and you only do the original shows and you do the multi-band bills oh, yeah. and slave on that, or you completely cut your your music out and you go do the cover thing and you play the, the rooms like a Looney's or um you know some of those beach bars you know the ocean cities and all that kind of stuff yeah uh, but i i never i never i came from a different world well, i was uh you know my my first real national touring gig was with a guy named sam bro who was from southern maryland as well. That
0: yeah, friends with cody jinks right
1: uh yeah he's out he's a lot of those guys he actually just started his label with deluge music and um he's got his own publishing company i just talked to him last week right before it got announced he's so excited and uh i'll be making a couple more trips down there this year i go down there every now and then but there's a little more uh i I think a little more haste now because there's opportunity where guys are like all getting together on writing it's a really exciting time so i'm gonna yeah, get down or take advantage of it and you know go do some co-writes but um you know when I was with him I spent the first three years of my like like post high school real professional touring career with him I mean we were doing the same thing we went into every single club and every bar and we would you know we would go on the road and play with Joe Nichols or you know uh Craig Campbell or Friggin', Ken, you know, we did the first couple Kane Brown tours, um you know, before Kane was ever signed to Sony, and we would go do original sets and uh, as an opener on these national bills. But then we'd come back to, you know, home. Come yeah. back to the East Coast, and we would go to Cowboy Coast in Ocean City, or we would go to Port Tobacco in Southern Maryland, or we'd go to Tiki Bar, or we go and we would do a three hour set, mm-hmm. and he would do about 10 or 11 original songs but then he's throwing, you know we would throw in mashups we'd throw in leonard skinnard covers we'd do i mean yeah. we'd do smokers we'd do third eye like it didn't matter we were yeah. just playing you know he would play the covers he wanted and i never understood that separation of the two and i think finally guys like you and me and other bands that want to reach an audience in these in these cover markets can you can you can go into a club and play your music and half the time i walk off stage and the owner and the club owners will go oh i didn't know that you wrote that that's pretty that's pretty good you know play more of that shit like half the time they want it they're like oh yeah we we could get down with that because it's people are hungry for it you know
0: yeah no i think
1: it's an interesting juxtaposition you know i think the opportunity is
0: definitely there now yeah I mean my philosophy on it is uh you know changing for sure it evolves a little but yeah, in in general I'm just a gig whore or a music slut like I just I will play any gig anywhere anytime doesn't matter cover original whatever I like writing songs that like feeds the soul for sure but as far as actually gigging them or not it's just it's like a treat it's like a dessert to get to do that Mm -hmm for me it's like fun just to be able to create and then the cover thing is just you know it makes money it's fun it gets people riled up like i don't know it's easy i guess yeah so,
1: i mean i was i was looking at your um your video content too because i think that the way that people absorb music now is so different than oh yeah the way it used to be and i think like the, the i was looking at like your production value i'm not blowing smoke up your ass like, this is yeah. just genuine honesty Like the fact that you take the time to really record, like you did that uh, video for Cafe 11 from your studio. And I was like, man, like that, like I love that stuff. I just love seeing the guys in a room jamming the song and promote. But you get to get a real sense of like who the people are. You get to see their face, watch them play, know that it's not just, you know, they're not just sitting there on Pro Tools programming everything. And yeah. Um. You. That's how people connect. Like, I still think there's something so visceral about. Yeah. Watching a band play, and so sure. when you, when you go into a club and you see, uh, it doesn't matter what club it is. Like, if you see a band that's on stage playing, and you're digging it, I think whether it's doing you know whether they you know they could be doing a Third Eye Blind cover and then be like, hey guys, this is our, literally what I do. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, you know. This is uh this was my first single that came out on iArt. It's one of mine called Over You Take a Listen and then we just go into it and you know, uh depending on how established I am in a certain market, it'll go one way or the other. But for the most part it's a pretty positive response. Yeah. Um and I think there's the the video aspect of where we are now and the gigging market where we are now, I think just because there's so much going on um, I don't really know that you can distinguish the two anymore. I think, I think it's finally at a place where like original artists have a really, it's a good time to be an artist. I really do yeah. think of it. I, I've seen it. There's so much and, um, you know, the tools are really in your hands.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I say it all the time on the podcast. I think we're definitely in a Renaissance where you can literally do anything that you want to do relatively cheap which is ultimately the key like there's no no more gatekeepers no more record labels getting in the way you can just do what you want to do which is yeah cool. you
1: record all your stuff yourself right
0: um video yeah i do uh audio i usually go to my buddy uh the hangar studio in columbia he's relatively right. un- unknown but i um, mean gets a lot of people through and he's really good at what he does Okay. Um, so if you ever need the hookup there, just let me know. I'll yeah, I'll you. have to
1: check him out. I definitely... Um, I mean, I love the
0: production value. Cool. Your guys' songs sound really well produced. I love it. Yeah, he's a monster in his own right, and he's just living out there in the woods, just yeah. cook, cooking away. But, but in I that don't...
1: same vein, you've got, like, all the tools at your disposal where you can just go in and cut the songs and go home, cut the video, like... Yeah. You know, you guys are doing it all, you know, kind of farm to table in that sense, which...
0: Yeah. You know, that's great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just been a passion, as I'm sure. You know, I'm preaching to the choir here. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then, I don't know, as far as the original cover thing goes, my I think my current philosophy is to play as many original, air quote, shows out of town as you can, if you can. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <laughs> treat the cover shows like cover shows, mostly. But like you said, work in your stuff here and there and um keep the world like separated, but at the same time either way you're getting your name out there. So it's yeah. like it, I don't get bent out of shape if people ask me to sing Freebird or Wagon Wheel. I'm like, throw twenty bucks in the tip jar, like fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Freebird's
1: your... the only one that I refuse to do.
0: Yeah, I did Freebird last night for fifteen seconds. Like <laughs> the end. Like, this is the part you wanted, right? Here you go.
1: Yeah, exactly. No. They, uh, they no. all get so mad. All the old guys are like, "Come on, play it Eat. now."
0: Yeah, I have no shame and uh, no dignity. I lost that years ago. So yeah, I always um,
1: say on stage. I always say that. Uh, it's actually funny you bring those two up. I say, I I start by saying, "Listen, we're gonna play a bunch of my stuff because I mean, I think right now, even in the cover set, we've got like seven or eight of my songs in the cover set." Yeah. Ah, uh, and then I go the only thing I won't play tonight is freebird or anything that was written by air supply other than that <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go for it and yeah. when I get to wagon it, it like because you know the set changes depending on you know what kind of venue we're in and, and uh yeah you know, some of those country markets I might go listen I don't play this song because I want to I play it because I have to yeah but it's better but it's better than played freebird and then I go right <laughs> into <the> wagon
0: <laughs> Yeah, or Tennessee whiskey or one of those songs. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, it's also cool. You know, I I didn't really get hip to your music till we we're on the bill here together, obviously, but um, yeah, it's cool that you have the same interest in country that I do. Um, I think we relate uh, a lot on that. Yeah, like I don't know. I know there's a lot of anti-country uh, hips so- or feelings sometimes from people. But when you play enough bars, you just realize like how big country actually is and how like relatable it is to people how much they love it and um at least for me i have a very baritone voice so it's like my wheelhouse if you will um even though i traditionally do rock um i was just curious i just i like to bring up hardy in particular with anyone on this subject lately or guys like him because i just i've been feeling for a long time that rock's coming back and like you know it's cyclical and it comes back either through metal or it comes back through a different genre almost and now it's coming back through country which i think is interesting
1: yeah i don't know that choose my words carefully here because you know, what i say
0: coming I... come coming back i mean coming back into the mainstream it's always there
1: yeah yeah, like I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I have some friends that'll probably listen to this and I already don't want to piss anybody off that I already have, but um, that's what we're here it's, for.
0: That's what we to Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm
1: just, I'm very vocal about this kind of stuff because I find it so fascinating. You know, yeah. I think like, you know, I don't even, what's, and what's so funny is like um, on that subject, it's like I spent the, the I was, uh, country music started my career right yes. like i owe. Uh, i didn't even start singing until like five years ago six years ago um yeah, i was always a side. i was always a side guy you know so when i first started going to tennessee all of the gigs i ever picked up all those broadway shows and um and you know obviously sam was the one that took me down there but you know uh playing with my buddy ryan robinette and doing um you know some of the other Nashville stuff that I had done, like the session work when I was down there before I started doing my solo thing. Country music gave me the start in my career that I'm so thankful for. But I think now, because my music is more like a pop rock, it's more of a pop rock sensibility because that's the stuff that I, I, um, I, I guess that's just kind of where I landed. I start writing and then that, you know, whether it was a song that I wrote or a song that was pitched to me that I cut. Whenever you put a guitar in my hand, that's just kind of where my voice and my guitar playing yep. needs it. So like, and of course li- living in Maryland, I was, uh, not just gigging in country bands, but like I was learning all time low and Paramore and, right. uh, uh, state champs and, uh, mayday parade. Like that's the stuff that I grew up playing on guitar. Um, So I think people still think of me as a country artist and having it, having me be a solo artist technically probably also doesn't help. Yeah. But like really when you come to a Justin Taylor show, I mean, it's a rock band. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty in your face rock band. And I think for a long time, people have had such a, a separation between genres, especially in, In places like Nashville or also L.A., you could also say this is the case, too, Um, you know, and and Texas especially, you're either a country artist or a country Western artist because Western and country are not the same thing. Yeah. And then you've got, like, Southern rock, and then you've got, like, like, Kind of like some of the stuff that's like in the like the singer songwritery kinda of guys, which I'm yeah. friends with a lot of those guys and they're phenomenal. But then I feel like what Hardy capitalized on was that like uh you're probably gonna laugh your ass off when I say it because you'll know what I'm talking about, but the y'all alternatives that started yeah. to happen because all of the emo kids got into country. Yeah. And they started writing with a lot of country guys, but then it got formatted in this like three doors down kind of like butt uh, rock. Yeah, like this creed three doors down kind yep. of butt rock thing. But it's awesome. It's Dang. it's really and the song and the songs are good. So as long as the songs are solid, I don't really think it matters what it sounds like. And I you know, I, I I've seen every iteration of that town, Nashville specifically, but also other, like, New York and LA and, like, a lot of the Texas country guys. Yeah. I've seen, and even in Baltimore area, a lot of the the alt-rock bands and stuff, I've started to see the fabric of, like, the genre separation. I'm not really sure how much of it is there anymore. Um, Because I I could walk into my job for instance at hartford and i could ask everybody hey what do you think this song is like yeah. if i pick uh over you
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'll get three different genre responses yeah i think really the genre conversation goes more towards like marketing what what the person that is listening to the song what their perception of what each genre is yeah and not necessarily what you are as an artist does that make sense
0: yeah yeah And then that just depends on the perspective that you're talking about. Like, because that's like the listener and the audience and, you know, the things that I think artists think about. And then I guess when you get to a certain level, though, it does totally matter again, because at a certain level, once you're actually marketing it to a larger audience or more specifically getting on a tour, then you have to fit a little bit into a box or fit into that mold a little more if you want on those festivals or on those tours. I've noticed um, not from personal yeah. experience, but from just talking to people, because if you blend genres too much, it sounds like you just get shunned by all the crowds <laughs> and not accepted. Well, I saw
1: it's, it's funny you bring <laughs> up Hardy because like I, I can't hear a single country station in the mid Atlantic play them, play any Hardy song other than give heaven some hell or, um, What's that other one? The Lady Wilson one. Uh yes. Or get uh Wait Getting in the, the truck. truck. Yes. Yeah. Wait in the Truck. Those are the only two singles that I've heard around here from Hardy get that get played. Obviously, yeah. the one Wait in the Truck helps because Laney's on it and she's like super you blow know, it up. She she's a legit country artist. Um and but then 98 Rock spins Hardy religiously.
0: That's what I was about to say. I wouldn't be shocked to hear 98 rock play hardy but i don't oh they play him all the time okay i just don't listen to 98 rock anymore i need to get on it i'm and a, then i think the I'm first WTMD one I heard is station that plays in my car <laughs>
1: yeah i think yeah. i think the first hardy single that came out on 98 was jack nice I, I with granted that that's a pretty heavy there's some pretty heavy production on that last oh, yeah. hardy record but it's Technically if you strip all of that away and you have a guy like technically you could strip it away and have a guy like Charlie Crockett sing that song. Yeah, you could. And it's not going to it's not going to be on 98 Rock. It's going to be on like some you know, uh homegrown country station. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought that up because Hardy really did change a lot, but now what's ironic is all of the the rock stations are playing hardy right like because he's the best
0: he's the best rock band new rock band going by far
1: right and oh my god and those guys kick so much ass i mean that band is just phenomenal but then he goes back to town and he's the co-writer on half of country's biggest hits
0: yeah i if you haven't listened to um this guy named joe pug he's from greenbelt maryland and yes. uh, he has this working songwriter podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever listened to that, but it's a great show. i listened
1: to a couple of episodes of it. Hardy's
0: on there uh, recently. No, I didn't know that. So you got to check that one out. It, he really okay. lays down his whole philosophy and, and what he's been doing. And it's funny, but he says his biggest goal, I think, was to get either top, like 40 or 50 uh, top 10 writing credits is like his main goal or something like that.
1: I mean, he's getting so, close.
0: Yeah, I think he has 30. now.
1: Yeah, I think Morgan at least gave him 10 of those. Exactly. But he also <laughs> wrote for
0: uh, Florida Georgia Line for years.
1: Well, it, and you can he- totally hear that. And um, that song that he had Jeremy from A Day to Remember feature on. Yeah. That was baby cool. What you think about yeah. getting out of here? Get yeah. Out of this bar. And uh, I was like, that sounds like an FGL that's like an fgl lick i'm like oh it's an f oh it's just cruise but backwards okay yeah So, you know it's uh yeah i mean but again like that's another guy like he he was a writer for years and years and years and years and i think you know maybe just right timing with his style uh i mean it's amazing to to it's that is why I truly try to tell guys like just don't think don't think about like what you are just write yeah. just write and put music out and as long as you're writing honestly like no one can take that from you as long as you're putting out stuff that you believe in and that you love yeah. you know there's songs that I've put out that I thought nobody would give a shit and yeah i I get asked at shows about them all the time like hey where did that come from you know like you just never know,
0: you know. Yeah, like uh, I, I like to uh, put songs on this uh, episode or on the show, so um, I figure we should talk about those real quick. And like, oh, sure. uh, which which song or songs in particular you'd want to um, put on here, and if so, if there's like a story behind any of them.
1: Well, I think um, the, well the first. There's, there's two specifically that come to mind actually on, so on the first record, um, my first ever radio single that went to iHeart, um, Benny Panella at 94.7 in Dover was the first guy to spin it in the middle of COVID, um, like in April of 2020. And god what a terrible year we literally we put the record out mid-january i toured it for two months and then the shutdown happened and it was like yeah. oh my god we had so much steam building on that and it was just like oh man we had all these shows books i think we had like 150 shows booked for that year or something um yeah. and, and uh but he put it out so over over you was the first one that hit radio and what's so funny is i actually i kind of stole that song from sam grow because yeah that was a song that, uh, and I actually, I kind of stole this technique from Sam. Sam used to do these rights and he would go in and write songs with guys. And then he would take songs out on the road and he would, from he would debut them at shows. Yeah. And if they didn't quite get the response that he was looking for, he would kind of put them back on the shelf. It- um, and I remember I was in high school. Like, you know, I've known all those guys. I mean, two of the guys in this band were my guitar teachers and my vocal coaches. And, uh, which is so ironic I got to join that band later. But I remember I went and I, I saw, I was hanging out at a gig one day. They were doing close to Home, like a random Sunday and he played that song. And I was like, oh man, that's like, I, I remembered that song specifically from the show and he played it maybe another month or so. And then for whatever reason, I guess it kind of just fell under the radar and never did anything with it for years and years and years. I was, and even when I was in the band, when I joined later, I was like, Hey, are you ever going to like do anything with that? He's like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, you know, the, the publishing company didn't really, you know, think we had something with it. So I'm kind of just waiting to see where it goes. And then when I, I, broke out on my own he was he was like hey do you still like do you still really like it because i was let stop that was a hit and um you know he was he was like do you want to like cut you know do you want to try and cut it and i was like for real he's like yeah he's like he's like you know i think one of the writers on that i remember was uh skip black i think and um it's been so many years i have to look back at the credits but i think it was two of them and one other guy Um, And he was like, yeah, he's like, I'll just, you know, he's like, if you want it, try it out and get a demo and let's just see if it works. And I guess they liked it because then that was the first single I ever put out. And, um, it's a pretty special song. Like I didn't write it, but yeah, I, I remembered growing up with it and I never had the chance to listen to it because it never, it never got released. Um, so then 10 years later, something comes out on my record, um, and that's a really special one to me, just because, you know, it's like, it's a part of, like, my childhood, and uh, it was, like, the first real single I ever had do really well. Yeah. Um, it's a cool. special song.
0: Um, yeah, I can definitely slap that on this episode, for sure.
1: Yeah. Overuse, overuse is just one of those, like, I, and I I, I love the, the one, the one line that I always love that people always really bring up is the, um, tonight I'm going to drink too much and find some Southern comfort in a stranger's touch. Hey, nice. That's good always one. a, yeah, that's always, a, that's always a good line. Um, but, uh, you know, every time you're drunk and pissed off at 3am at your act, you can just play that and yeah, <laughs> tends, tends to make everything, but not so bad, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, or your mom. If you have mom
0: issues, you can also play yeah. for that. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, the thought just occurred to me. So I'm on episode 249, and I had a guest for 250 come on like last week. And now I'm thinking, like, shit. I don't normally care about numbers that much, but I wanted to release this before the show. And now I'm like, <laughs> is this. Is this is this episode two fifty or is this 249 and a half? Oh
1: no. <laughs> well I mean but, I'm a big I'm a big JRE fan, so if it is two forty nine, I think that was like one of the first fight championships they ever did or something.
0: So, yeah. So I'm just trying to I figure out how to how to politically release this episode or how to how to do it. Yeah. I'll text you or something when I think of a solution to this.
1: You're not it's no pressure, brother. It's all Yeah.
0: No, nah, I want to release it as promo for the show so
1: yeah hell yeah i um yeah i really think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time i know i'm really looking forward to seeing you guys and i know amanita uh specifically i was looking at some of their songs just because youtube yeah. were the i had the opportunity to check out um because like your your music was the easiest to to access um that's cool and uh i think it's gonna be a great lineup and i'm gonna be nerding out all night long yeah. Yeah, so people play
0: yeah no i i uh relish the uh original sets because as you know it feels like nothing <laughs> time-wise like when you're used to playing three or four hours and you just get to play for like 30 or 60 minutes or whatever it's just like hell yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flies by actually
1: i'll ask you a question because like you're you're no slouch on guitar either so like when i when i'm up there I remember there was one night, I think it was actually Looney's Bel Air, where some guy, I guess it was his birthday or something, and he was like he he was like the drunk guy through like every scene of Eurovision. Yeah. He was like like Play Genesee whiskey. Play it. Play it like (laughs) Again, going back to how huge country is. In these rooms, that like, oh, country doesn't sell, yeah. Whatever. So, I was like, all right, I'll play it. And so, of course, then everyone's digging, everyone's taking shots, and I, you know, everyone, you know, four hundred people are dancing or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool, this this paid off. And then, I go into this guitar solo. I watched. It felt like thirty seconds. It was like a two minute guitar solo. Yeah.
0: Really?
1: Like I just got so lost. Yeah. In it that. I, I like honestly, even those three hour sets. Like, there's some nights where, if if the if it's a rough room and I'm like trying to pull it out of them, yeah, I feel like it drags. I feel like it drags, but then some of those sets where if they're if they're on it, yeah, from yeah. The, oh, that three hours could feel like thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, what do you? I mean, how do you? Do, do you ever feel like I mean because I mean there's gotta be some nights for you like I know mean, you guys play Zen West and you guys do some stuff down there where I mean some of those rooms are just from the get go they are most yeah. people want are ready to go so like what's your experience been like with that Do you feel like the adrenaline takes over and you're like your drummer's trying to pull you back again yeah. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean I don't know. It's definitely more fun doing the the short sets because you could just put all your focus into it you don't have to worry about like stamina or like i don't know i feel like the three or four hours are just like a marathon where you kind of have to pace yourself a little bit almost like you can't get too excited or too into it because it's like you still got two more hours to go so it's like i don't know i mean you try to just live in the moment and try not to think about how long you're playing for if the crowd's into it they're into it and if they're not they're not but yeah um I don't know. We play an equal amount of dud shows as fun shows, so it's like it just kind of is what it is. I don't know. When the bar's packed, though, like you said, yeah, time just it flies. You don't even yeah. need to, half the time. I try not to take breaks. Honestly, just fucking let it roll. If if people are really into it,
1: yeah. There's Whereas been the, a couple nights the band where gets like,
0: mad at me about. You no. Know?
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> they're like, "God, like I need water."
0: Yeah. I'm like out
1: of. I- they're like yell at the heart, Get me another water pitcher. Just break notes. Give me the thing. Just do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just have some chick in the crowd buy you another know natty like you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I so. can't do that. My beer they they don't uh they're like, what is he drinking? Oh, dogfish. Ew. Hit. Well
0: those you know, will like... Yeah, those will add up when you're playing for three hours. Those will
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, oh. I've actually I've I've stopped drinking at shows. Um yeah. You know we uh you know i've gotten to a point where like i'll uh you know i put it you know even when we do you know we do those three hour or four hour shows i mean we'll do like two breaks in the middle of the sets and like yeah i'll rail I'll, just- I'll just go to the trailer and put the tv on during that break <laughs> and just you know acclimate but you know it- i mean in my younger days well, i didn't have to be a singer yeah <laughs> Well, I didn't. I have such a new respect for, you know, all
0: front men and women. Yeah, ain't, the, ain't that the truth? Because I'm also a sort of reluctant front man. I've always been the guitar player. You know, so you can get as drunk as you want traditionally, as long as you can still play. The ones you're singing, you were it's... a
1: uh, you were a singer by default. Like you had to. You were just put in a situation where you had to front the band.
0: Uh, more so I wanted to eventually I just like like you like 5 or 6 years ago I started taking singing lessons because I was just having fun writing songs and I was like I don't know if I can get anyone to sing these anyway and why not just figure out a way to sing So right
1: yeah we had a guy I, I only started singing because I was in this project where we were putting together some songs and uh, I was going to be the guitar player and this guy, I'm not gonna say his name because he's already been drugged through the mud enough, but it he, had, he just had the brain of a flying squirrel. He was just one yeah. of those guys that couldn't like couldn't focus. get him to focus on one thing. Yeah. And so then he was like, Okay, well I'm gonna go over here and do this thing with this band, so fuck you guys. Bye. And I was it, like, Oh. All right. Um, we've got three months worth of shows booked that I've just worked my tail off to get us guarantees. Yeah. So I've got you know, $25,000 in contract sitting here yeah. and no singer. Yeah. That's, that's hard. hard. we go on the road in a month and a half. Yeah. I was like, guess I'll start.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like necessity, some other in- invention. But Yeah. Uh, do you know, bitch. Do you know, Philip Michael Parsons?
1: I know him very well.
0: Okay, cool. Cause yeah, they, a other time. it seems like he's doing the exact same sort of circuit, if you will, that, you are he he was doing the tin roof circuit on the east coast for a long time and yeah. the, the guy i record with felix who has the studio was playing bass for me
1: oh I okay that's a small world mm-hmm. okay so yeah i know exactly who you're talking about that yeah philip and i met each other on um, yahtzee we're both from southern maryland so uh you know between me philip sam and uh like robbie booth and all those guys we all ran together yeah You know, I, uh, Philip actually just kind of took a step back from touring. I know he's still putting out, he's going to, I, I knew that he wasn't going to be able to keep himself out of the studio. Um, and I knew he wasn't going to be able to keep himself off stage. I think he was just, Philip was a, I mean, I, I, you know, some people say that I'm a lunatic. I mean, Philip was a road dog. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we all were, I mean, when we were, when I was with Sam, I mean, and. I mean, even the right, like some of the Ryan Robinette gigs Like my first weekend with him was Stonies in Vegas and the, the museum club in Flagstaff, Arizona, you know, and we drove.
0: Oh, shit.
1: We, we drove. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was, oh my God, there was, I mean, was Schulzburg, Wisconsin. Like, yeah. we did some crazy routes and, uh, you know, but we all did that for years and years and years and, and. I think we're all kind of at a point now where it's like, we go, we go to the markets where we know that we can make the money and we're willing to like, take some cuts if it means that we get our foot in the door. But like those days of driving,
0: you know,
1: the the days of driving seven hours to only have a thousand dollar guarantee, like those days are kind of over. I think, yeah. Um. So, I you know he's he's I know for a fact he's been recording new tunes. Um, I haven't talked to him in a couple of months, but I know, uh, he. I mean, he's just, he's a. I mean, they're they're all great guys. I mean, that that yeah. I'm pretty grateful that like, I came up with that with them because, I mean, I, I'm the youngest guy by a lot. <laughs> um, you know, uh, in. They they just they, they all really just took care of me and looked after me and
0: um, yeah you
1: know he's living I think he's living somewhere in Balt like around Baltimore now um
0: mm-hmm. I don't know I, I'm not sure uh, all I know that. is yeah he was kind of taking a break from the uh, the road for a little bit is what I heard
1: yeah he, I mean dude he was a monster out there man those guys I mean I <laughs> I, I, I gave it up to him you know um, yep. like my brother. Uh, christine actually uh he was his guitar player for years and years and years and uh they came to bel Air one night and played uh 510 Johnnys when it was still open rest in peace um <laughs> I missed that point. uh and me and April just I, I I take one Saturday night off every month
0: yeah and he is
1: we we, we we play so hard and we we work so much that uh yo know, one Saturday a month, and uh, we take about, I would say, two to three full weekends off/slash weeks every year. Um, uh, you know, give people like, you know, because you gotta have a life outside
0: you know. Um,
1: there and, you go. Now, <laughs> well, well, is like.
0: I'm just kidding. Yeah,
1: you bro. you don't, Com- but sometimes, yeah. like, sometimes I do come home and I'm like, I know, I gotta get that track done. Yeah. I, like, I really just don't want to pick up my guitar right now. Like, I want to go eat dinner and I want to like have a drink. And I, like, so then like, I, I just try to give myself some mental breaks and yeah. And then also keep fresh ears. And sometimes you go in and you were just like, you, you know exactly how it is. It's like, you go, you finish a session. And like, if I just got done doing a song, I can't, for whatever reason, I just, I can't flip my brain over to the other song. Because what I just played and like all the parts I just tracked are still in my head. So like, I have to like walk away for a day or two and then acclimate myself to the demo of the next track and then slowly build it to where I start developing the parts that I feel like I can go in and track it. But like Philip came to the show one night, we had an like a random off night that we had booked. So April and I uh, went over there and saw him and he was like, yeah, he's like, he's like, we, (laughs) what's up? We left at two o'clock yesterday morning. We drove for eight and a half hours. I'm like, gee, yeah, you know, like, like their routing is just so insane back then.
0: Yeah. It's crazy.
1: But they found it great. They were such a great band. And, um, uh, you know, Michael Stewart, actually his Phillips old drummer tracked four songs. Um, one of which already came out but four songs off of the next single list that we're going to drop. Um, he played all the tracks on them. Yeah. Uh, Scott he's a monster too they're all monsters yeah
0: for sure yeah well I don't want to take up too much of your lunch break time but oh dude um, you're
1: totally fine Um, I, I'm I'm very lucky that Hartford has been such a great home to me and Evan is yeah. like the best boss in the world I love him um all the guys I love my team I, I, lo- I love being a part of this
0: Hell oh, yeah. yeah that's cool I get paid yeah. to
1: go play with gear dude like yeah ksl12s and you know x32 rags you know
0: three high stacks of pre-rig pretty awesome hell yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah well i look forward to meeting you irl shuttle yeah and um should be a good time i thought of a not so elegant solution to my problem which is that i can call this episode 251 which it essentially is or was going to be and just release it before 250 which makes no probably logical sense but i'm still gonna call the other one <laughs> episode 250 i don't know fuck it
1: you know i'm pretty sure that that had to have happened before and i don't think anyone's gonna mind i don't think anyone's gonna notice i mean you're yeah. good you're but, not gonna
0: eat soup oh no i just want to <laughs> respect my 250 guests because that's what i told him
1: <laughs> yeah who <laughs> so, uh, who did you have on 250
0: uh joey arkin
1: no shit really yeah. Oh dude, so, Joey's awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. The the road the saltiest of road dogs. Oh my god, man, that guy.
1: <laughs> but but again, that's another one. That's another yeah. amazing talent that we have, like right here in our backyard, you know. Like know. It's So how did you get started with this? Because I was I was looking up the um I was looking up like all your interviews and like was this just a thing that you you were just really passionate about and then like how did this take off the way because you got a good
0: following on this podcast yeah I don't know I mean I I guess I'm just passionate about it but um, I don't know I thought about starting a podcast like every other loser like many moons ago and um, I didn't know what it was gonna be about or what it was gonna be called we were thinking about doing more about computers I was trying to get like a group of guys to do it, and it just like never happened. So I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll just do one about music." And I had written this song on the beach called "Part Time Rockstar. So I was like, "Let's just let's just call it that and just talk to all the you know people in the uh, scene." And uh, I had no idea I would actually continue it. I just thought, "Let's try it. Be an extra thing to help promote us and everyone else's band." And uh, we're gonna
1: add it. I mean, you're really good at it. So, Thanks, it seems I mean, like people love talking to you. And I mean, I, I've had a great I'm talking to you.
0: Um, appreciate
1: it. I think uh, it's it's a, it's a this in itself is a talent. You know, I got to give you a lot of credit because I've done them, and I'm pretty good at it. But it is it's a it's a
0: it's a different it's a different skill. You yeah, know? for sure. I don't I don't know how to pin it down exactly. For one thing. Uh, well, two points that oh, I God. usually make is that I'm not usually good at talking to crowds of people. I mean, which sounds maybe ironic being on stage, but like, like a group setting, I can't handle a group conversation very well. If there's like six, seven people, or like take a locker room, for instance, I play a lot of hockey, it just sounds like chaos to me. But I've always found I can do a one on one conversation like naturally, and that doesn't, I don't really struggle with that, like socially. I think both, yes like Um, but actually
1: it's yeah i think people like i actually struggle with that too i think there's a certain aspect of like maybe when we're up there we just see the microphone in front of our face and it's kind of like a tunnel vision yeah where even though you see all of those people in front of you i don't know why but like you probably even feel this too like i don't feel like there's 500 people staring at me yeah like it's weird. I kind of feel like it's just me and my band, and then, like maybe the stage is the safety space. I don't really know. Like,
0: yeah, music's one thing. And I was just also just talking about socially, like at a party or something. I just don't know how to talk to six or seven people. Well, that's what I was saying too. Like um, when
1: you're in it, like when you're in it, I find it's like I kind of sit back and yeah, have to just kind of From see the,
0: what's going on my stage strategy. I don't know if someone told me, but. I think all you do is you just find the single person in the crowd and you talk to them, even though you're addressing the whole crowd. You just pick somebody, a random person, a random victim. Yeah. And you, and you just talk to them as if you're just talking to them as you are now, like regular, but it's, you know, addressing everybody.
1: Yeah. That, and it's hard in daily conversation like to, cause it, like when you've got, Four or five people having a conversation, like they're like, but like those podcasts where there's like three or four people in the studio plus a yeah. producer, plus a, and everyone's got microphones. Like yeah. I get sensory overload listening to those sometimes because I'm like, there's so yeah. different. Like there's like little mini conversations happening within right. this. Yeah, so it's, like it's tough. Huh? Yeah, it's t- it's so. tough to have a conversation. Like, yeah. I, I totally see where you're coming from. It's um, you know. It, it, but you i mean but you are really good at this i will i will give you credit where it's due acting like Thanks. listening to a couple of the episodes that i have um you know uh i i can see why people gravitate towards it because it's, it's just fun you know if you, if you yeah. can just tell us having fun with it then
0: i oh, yeah my yeah. my common joke is like whenever someone tells me to listen to it i'm like ah oh, shit depending who it is, because I'm like, in my head, all we talk about is like dick jokes and farts and like
1: <laughs> um,
0: whatever. And I'm like, but well, wait. They're like, no, but there were like serious elements to the conversation. And I'm like, oh yeah, there were, weren't they? <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Never get Jack the Aircat on your show. It'd be like
0: butts and wieners. And- yeah. Fark shit, piss, cock, tits. You know,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, dude, it, Dude, like Tom, I-, I could only imagine if, like, because the JRE Tom DeLong one was pretty serious. Yeah. But, like, I feel like anybody else, if it wasn't, like, of that magnitude where you had to, like, be professional, Tom, yeah. it would have been, like, oh, yeah, one time Mark saw my dick in a hot tub.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: He said it looks like yeah. a UFO. He's like, oh, there's the aliens and they're in Tom's penis. You know, like, <laughs> it's like,
0: you know, I yeah. guess Tom, you
1: know, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh- yeah I mean, nah, we're, but we're all just we're musicians man we're not yeah. you gotta have a sense of humor you know? yeah it's
0: mostly like extended family or like employers that I'm thinking about I'm like oh god what nah, did they listen yeah. to yeah and they're usually like no like I loved it like even yeah. in job interviews so I'm like alright luckily I minded my pews and Q's on whatever episode you listen to so
1: yeah I like, <laughs> dude I always get worried about that sometimes too cause like it, it's you know i'm still like you know i'm gonna i'm still like i'm a business owner but i'm also technically an employee of evan yeah. so like right. i try not to ever go on stage and say something that might get taken a certain way but yeah. then we come into work on monday and so i'd be like man i heard that what what was that thing you said about your bass player on friday <laughs> night that was yeah. funny as shit man yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh we already shown But he said it was hilarious like ah crap <laughs> yeah but, exactly
0: know, like,
1: But, you know, we're all, you know, I feel like if you're in music or audio production or like we're creative because we're all slightly mentally ill in one way or another, like
0: we're the audio version of comedians. Yeah. I think of it as like highly functioning autists or something.
1: Autists. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we used to say, uh, oh, you play acoustic guitar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that yeah
1: (laughs) oh god we see this is where you and i'll get in trouble
0: yeah i probably can't delve too far into this subject to be insensitive but yeah you know whatever we'll save it for the green room on saturday we're all special so just blame it on that we we don't know what we're supposed to say what we're not supposed to say
1: yeah i mean my mom definitely told me that once or twice you
0: gotta like I said, I'm just the ringleader of my circus and I think you're obviously the ringleader of yours. So that's all it really is.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it is kind of that way, but then it's also nice to have guys like, and what's so ironic is like my fiance, we're, we're actually, we're getting married in June or then now. Nice. Right. and right after the wedding, hitting, hitting the road again, we're going to Jamaica and then, you know, right back to more shows. And, um, she's the, She's like the fourth member of the band, so when we do like those long runs, yeah, I have her come out and she does like a bunch of eighties, like you know, eighties covers and, uh, oh yeah, you know, we're actually we're working up some stuff where she's um, she's been doing some studio stuff with me too, where she's been working on background vocals and doing, um, you know, some different parts for me for some of my rec recordings. So that's been really fun, and she's crushing.
0: And uh, I'm I'm gonna incorporate her a lot more in the band as we go forward. I'm actually um, it might be too personal, but like I'm curious how you balance you I'm assuming you basically do a nine to five, right? Or are you just yeah, doing specific like a, events?
1: Yeah, ten ten to ten to five. Or uh, whatever. Ten to
0: four most days. Um so like my question is do you get a day off? Ever? Sundays. Sundays.
1: Yeah. I guess to makes
0: sense. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes you got gigs. Sundays. Yeah, I, well, so it's actually this is actually a great tie into the the title of the show because, you know, your premise for the conversation is actually really interesting. Because, um, like, I'm I I almost don't feel like I'm ever working. I don't feel like I'm ever working, but I also don't ever feel like I'm part time. Yeah, like because <clears throat> I'm kind of full time in all of it because I'm. Uh. You know, producing, recording, writing, working with Evan at the shop and all the guys at Heart you know, guys and girls at Hartford, and um, doing different odds and ends shows. I'm playing shows. I'm right. in the band. I'm working
0: on, like, I'm always yeah. in the middle of it. And I've met people who get offended by the show title. They're like, fuck you. I'm not part time, full time, man. And I'm like, well, I'm I like, relax. Oh. I'm like, relax, bro. It's a joke. And i also yeah. think that everything is a spectrum like i've watched myself oscillate between definitely part-time to way more full-time to in between so i'm like i don't care <laughs> like you know
1: yeah i don't really know that yeah that's that's one of your the way you said spectrum of it is so interesting um because that is 100 true and having like a work-life balance in this industry, I've discovered that, like, there are people that balance it really, really well. And then there's people that don't, and I have been, um, and the, 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 the wonderful thing that I have in my life is that before I had April, um, My family was always a massive support. And any band that I was ever in and every person I've ever worked with, anyone I've ever written with or played for or played with, has always been a massive pusher of me. Been like, no, no, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. And now uh, the woman who, for whatever crazy reason, has uh, agreed to be my wife has also been a no keep going keep going keep yeah. going keep going she's you know and she's the business owner too she owns you know she uh you know runs the salon suite and she's got a massive client book and she's juggling that doing practices with me you know singing with yeah. me you know and she so we're her and i are constantly operating on this wavelength where for a while especially when things started ramping up um after covid Her and I, we met in August of 2019, and then she only knew me for about six months, and then the shutdown
0: happened.
1: So her and I obviously knew that whatever we had, like, I literally, when I met her a month later, I was like, I'm getting out of Nashville. I'm going back to Maryland. I got to go explore this. Yeah. And then March, we played our last gig on March 12th, and then on March 14th, they shut it down. And I was yeah. like, and this girl had only known me for four months. My first record comes out. She's on the road with me. We're doing all these gigs and she's like thrown into this world. And so we went through all these, like, we went through all these phases, of our relationship as my career was going through phases uh-huh. and it's still going through like, uh, it's just like you said, I don't think it's ever in a, I don't think it's ever in a constant state of like, in the, uh, flatlining i think it's always it's never just
0: it. like an average of 40 hours a 40 week breaks. or whatever it could be a lot more yeah. or a lot less
1: yeah like it is like your your career as an artist it's always oscillating like it's yeah. never it's never stagnant and um it's always going through changes and evolutions and shifts and down times and low times and really slow times and really hectic times and yeah not I kind of like we sat down and had a conversation i think it was maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago where i mean i was i mean even now i'm i'm booked halfway through september like yeah. uh, we just i mean if, if a venue wants a date i only have maybe one or two per month that i can even pitch anymore like we're just so Things just started getting booked so far out in advance. And in my and my life on my end was becoming so regimented that then picking up the Harford Sound gig uh and working with those guys, plus doing everything I'm doing, plus her schedule, we were like, we have to come up with a way to make all of these things work, or else we're never gonna like be able to do anything for us. Yeah. And so that like one Saturday and also like I we were running hard too so like it's not just her and my relationship but like everybody in the band has wives everyone or girlfriend and everyone has kids and you know we've got family <laughs> Um, you know obligation you know it, it's not it's not a hindrance to your life it's just you know you've got family you've got responsibilities as a man you gotta take care of it. and so you know we were like let's give everybody in the band one Saturday night off a month that's going to be selfish for me in April, but also, like, I knew for a fact Jason and Chase, or anyone that's playing with us, like, they're going to want to go home and spend time with their family, and let's take a couple weeks every year, a couple weekends off, everyone can go do their vacations, or celebrate birthdays, or do, like, if there's a wedding, or, you know, we try to figure out a way to, make, and we book, and we plan that at the top. You know, we go, oh, it's... Not. This is where all of these blocks of time are. Oh, but, you know, hey, this is where our wedding is. and This is where our honeymoon is. So those two weeks in June, everybody go home. Like, the, the, you know, this is where we can count on that. These are all the Saturdays that we're going to book off. So then when I have all these available dates for agents um, and shows start coming in, I go, if it's got to do not book on it or if it's just in that, like if it's, you know, these are the dates that you cannot book yep everything else have a fucking field day i don't care go go ahead let's book them let's get the contracts and we're good but that's really i mean that's the only way that her and i can function on this this level that we do because everything is so fast
0: yeah for sure
1: and it's just it's the way it is right now um You know, just like we said about oscillating, I'm sure there's gonna be a time where she goes, Hey, you know, I'm feeling a certain way about this. We might have to adjust something like there's gonna be adjustments you gotta make throughout your career and throughout your life. And um you know, I think where people fall short is they get so they get so stuck to a way of scheduling themselves that they end up just they end up they think they're doing what they should be doing, but they just run themselves out of the dirt, you know yeah for sure so, it,
0: well it is what it is but uh,
1: yeah I hope that answered your question because I think it was, like that's the only way that we can find our balance is like just finding the times where it's like okay this is the thing that we've chosen to do but it's not everything that we are
0: yeah yeah for sure Anyway, I got to probably wrap this up here. And, uh, yeah, sorry, I I, I just bullshit all day, I uh, all day long. It's been a fun conversation. We're, uh, we got like a solid hour in here. And, uh, like I said, I'm um, going to try to release it before the show. So we got some extra promo put out there. And, uh, yeah, should be a good time. So I'll, um, I'll hit you up. If you can send me that song over, that would be great too. Yeah, I got an MP3 of that I could send over for you. Sweet, so dude. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll see you there.
1: Yeah, man. Dude, this weekend's going to be a blast. I can't wait. And thank you for having me on and being so gracious to me. And uh, it's always nice to meet new people that are cool. You know, Exactly.
0: Supporting your cause. So. Fuck yeah, brother. All right. I'll see you. Awesome. Take care, brother. Later. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, the song here in the background is called Over You by Justin Taylor. Check it out. Later.
1: See you, goodbye.